The Guardians were lucky to win one today. They've still lost six out of seven. We're going to get into ways to improve this team, surprising places to find pitching, and what can be the next steps for the Cleveland Guardians as they continue to try to contend for the postseason on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Guardians fans. You're going to love this. Today's episode is brought to you by the Sport Card Investor app. Welcome to the world of trading cards reimagined. Stay tuned in later in the show for more information on this awesome new tool for collectors. You're going to want to check out the Sports Card Investor app. Uh, my name is Jeff Ellis. I'm the host of Locked on Guardians. Uh, before this, I was a lead draft and prospect analyst at Scout and 24-7. And before that, many a Cleveland sports blog. And then I also want to thank you for making Locked on Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. So what a bummer <laughs> continuation. Yeah, I know they won the the, the first game. But it, it, and just for those of you keeping track at home, uh, well, first off, I need to do my additional lights and let's let's make this a little not dungeony as much as i can but uh yeah so in the first game i turned it on literally as byron buxton was striking out so my my good old um comeback magic was still totally in place i put it on and watched this team put it together and come from behind uh to win it now they had been ahead and then they were tied and then they're behind but they it's come from behind win. It was a nice win. Zach Plesak continued. I mean, Zach Plesak, this team's number two starter right now. At some point, did Zach Plesak and Tristan McKenzie uh, do a, why am I blanking on, a, not a parent trap, a uh, Freaky Friday at, you know, trying to remember which uh, Lindsay Lohan movie it was. But th- did a Freaky Friday occur? Is that what we've seen with Plesak and Tristan McKenzie? Like, should we go back and just track the date where these two flipped? Uh, it's been crazy. Right now, the lowest war of any starting pitcher on this team, of the main players, you might think it's Aaron Zavale because he missed all that time and he hasn't been good. No, it's it's McKenzie. McKenzie is tied with Zavale, in fairness. But when you look at all the times Zavale missed and the fact that he hasn't been very good... He has the same war as McKenzie. It, now, McKenzie, the whole thing with him is, I mean, the indicator stats are poor, and they've just continued to look poorer and poorer as the year has gone on. But let's get back to the positive. Zach Plesak, what a game for him. He will obviously be one of the three stars as we discuss you know, how these two games went. But if you missed it, like the final box score on him, six innings, three hits, three walks, seven strikeouts. His strikeout rate has also been going up. It's something worth noting. I was looking at just like pure strikeout data as I was trying to figure out, um, you know, uh, players, pitchers. Because, again, I do think this team's number one need is starting pitching right now uh, outside of catcher. As we all know, catcher is its is its own thing. But, like, Plesak is someone where I was, like, surprised how high he is. It's, it's also surprising how quickly the, you know, I had to drop it down to only having pitched in 60 innings. Um, otherwise, I mean, it falls off quick, but. Uh, I swear he was higher than this. Maybe it was on the original listing when I was a few more, uh, when it was the qualification. But, you know, he's in the top 100 in K rate. He's in the top 70 if it's qualified pitchers. So, yeah, it's it's interesting that for all of his struggles that he is still 
someone that uh, the numbers are okay and it was another strong performance and the strikeout rate is going up with every start so that is a very positive thing to see for him again are you gonna who are you gonna argue is the number two right now over the last you know like i said since the freaky friday event occurred and mckenzie and police switched performances he's been their number two starter it's weird to think about it. it's weird to state and i honestly think that the freaky friday statement by me is maybe the only thing that logically makes sense <laughs> Um, that some kind of switch had to happen. But to go back into this one, Eli Morgan with another struggle. Now, again, it probably hadn't helped that he literally hadn't pitched in a week. He hadn't pitched since last Tuesday. He gave up the tying run. Sam Henches, who gets the win, gave up the go-ahead run. And then Emmanuel Classe comes in and gets a you know rather dominant save. For all the people who were gripping about Classe at the start of the year, he's sitting there with a 144 ERA. Are you still gripping right now? Are we still worried? Uh, going through, I mean, Hen- Henkes and Miller had errors in this one. Uh, who reached base twice? Well, Ahmed Rosario had three hits. And then, uh, yeah, because they only had two walks overall. So that's that's it. So, I mean, it's pretty easy, right? Like, your players of the game are Plesak, Rosario, and Classe. I think that's just... One maybe argues for a Fran Mill or a, a Jose because they did have an extra base hit. In this one, uh, both had one hit, but the Guardians only had five hits. Uh, one error by the Twins, and then the two walks. I was just trying to see. And then Jimenez, Jimenez. Andres got hit by a pitch. So that gives you, like, three walks, essentially, plus the error. So they had nine opportunities, three runs on nine opportunities. That's expected. Twins had six hits, three walks, and then the two errors. They had 11 opportunities. Only getting two runs is low. And it's it's amazing how much this team can just get to to Pagan. And you go back and you look at that trade. The Twins would be running away with this division if they hadn't made that trade. Um, I understand that... Uh, I'm going to... I'm blanking on his name. Taylor... Like, is was Taylor the first name or was it the last name? It can go either way, right? Taylor Rogers, right? Uh, you know, I'm not sure exactly how I was doing with the Padres. I'd have to go look. And I understand he was going to be a free agent at the end of the year. So they were trading him for a pitcher... Uh, you know, a step down at reliever with with Pagan, who at points has been a closer, but getting the starting pitching they needed with uh, Chris Paddock. Now, unfortunately for him, Paddock needed his second Tommy John surgery, and he's out of there. But if they don't make that trade, and I thought it was good value. Honestly, I thought it was a good value because it's one year of their closer they traded away. If they don't make that trade, they're probably up something like four or five games in the division because Pagan has blown five saves. He has not been good. And if you had that stabilizing force back there, that would be something else uh, entirely for them. But yeah, the Guardians with the come from behind victory, it was a, you know, just a fun, at least when I came in, you know, I had to plan it between nap windows. So I kind of hopped in. Now I tried to do the same thing in game two. We'll talk about game two in the second half of the show. But, uh, yeah, I came in in the eighth again because, again, it's these games keep lining up right as my kids have to sleep. And I couldn't – nothing could save this one. I came in <laughs> and, you know, for Castro essentially is when I came into this one, maybe the inning before it for the Guardians. And, yeah, this was not much of a fun one. We're going to take our first break. We're going to come back and talk about game two, and we're going to talk about – I found I found the motherload of pitching, and it might surprise you where that exists. And I already mentioned earlier in the show, but our first sponsor today is the Sports Card Investor app. 
now before you go, hey, what are you selling me? No, this is a completely free app. They have uh, 630,000 cards, and they're always up uploading more and more. I'll admit, when I went through, and I'll pull, again, my example. You're doing the YouTube. You can see it. For those at home, you can't. I bought a game, and it came with cards from, I think it was 1973 Tops Football. And I was using these to play the game with my daughter because you could use it as, you know, they had lost the original pieces, and it says in the thing, you can just use your football cards. Little did I know that, uh, you know, I, I was holding a John Hanna Hall of Fame rookie card, and just, you know, I, I played with my friends. I played multiple times with my daughter. We were just shoving him in the little container in the case. Obviously, I did a few bits of damage. He's not in pristine condition where he could be worth, you know, hundreds of dollars. But still, good to know, good to put aside. And I owe that all to the Sports Card uh, sports card Investor app. Again, it's completely free. They're always growing. They're always adding. Go check it out for yourself. Uh, they find best prices and allow... You can even then sell it through the app, which is essentially then using eBay. Check it out for yourself. Uh, you know, some of my lesser-known guys in there didn't pop up. I'll be honest, but for the ones that have value, those are already in there, and they are always expanding and growing. Download the Sports Card Investor app today, available for free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores, or go to sportscardinvestor.com backslash locked on. Okay, let's just power through game two, because this was another one that was just like, this is one of those like just unwatchable games. Uh, Connor Pilkington in four and a third innings allows 11 base runners. Eight hits, three walks. It's kind of surprising. Only can do four earned runs, one home run, four strikeouts. Pilkington is a useful depth arm, but I don't necessarily think he's more than that. And then the the problem right now, it's like Columbus has just been eating up pitching. Like Peyton Batonfield, I think we all thought was a for sure 40 man ad at the end of the season. What he is doing in AAA right now, and people get mad about why the. You know, I love uh, the account uh, La Mole, you know, Fran, Fran Mill's eyebrow. I don't I interact with him. I don't know if he, he's, you know, and I saw him being like, why aren't they promoting it? Because that park, oh, sorry, my co-host wants to jump in and say, he's very insistent. He agrees. The park in Columbus is, um, it's a poop show. And it's bad for pitcher development. And it throws guys out of whack. And it suppresses performance. And it gets in players' heads. And it is a terrible place to pitch so why are they not aggressively promoting guys to triple a because the columbus park is bad like at the end of the day that's what it is it is a bad park for pitching it is a terrible place to have pitching development occur that's why guys aren't being aggressively moved up right now that's why there is that log jam that makes double a ridiculous at some point they're going to have to call guys up to just because players are going to get healthy and they're going to need someone to, you know, there's only so many times you can run like a six or seven man rotation. But why is no one getting promoted? It's nothing other than the fact that they wanted that team in Columbus to help grow the base, grow the marketing. Also, it makes it easier in terms of like promotions and moving guys around with everyone kind of in Ohio and centrally located. Now, I will say for a long time, there were a lot of, you know, Cleveland baseball fans in New York because Buffalo was the affiliate. So you do kind of lose that expanded affiliate reach where you can make fans in other areas because you know it's the local stadium and you go to the game and then you you like those players so when they get called up you root for that team you know there was a time where that kind of occurred more than it does now i think just because you couldn't watch everyone all the time but i understand why it was there i understand why 
They wanted to move it downtown. Why wouldn't you? I mean, I lived in Columbus. I went to that old stadium that was quite the, you know, it was a commute to get there. Uh, it was, it reminded me, you know, gosh, I'll pull it out from over here. I, uh, I was going through and doing some cleaning. Check out these, <laughs> these buttes. Uh, Canton Akron tickets. It reminded me of going to the Canton Akron uh, games where it was out in the middle of nowhere, a huge parking lot. And then this, I'm pretty sure this is on the back of this one I was going through. If you're checking this out, an Alex Ramirez autograph. I think that's Alex Ramirez on there. I don't know if there's value in that. Former uh, Japanese League, I think, multi-time MVP uh, when he went there. But yeah, August 1st, 1996. <laughs> Those were a, a random fun find. I, I was going through some old things. But yeah, kind of the old stadium there reminded me of that. But they had, it's it's a problem in Columbus. Like, I don't know what you do, how you help work through it, but that is not an ideal stadium for your hitter or your pitcher development because it's so grooved and you got guys pulling or, you know, uh, avoiding pulling. You've got guys like it just, I feel like it's a stadium that messes with people's heads. And that's part of the reason why. But yeah, you know, your your top options down there are not necessarily lighting the world on fire. Pilkington has stepped into this role and been very useful for the Guardians. Uh, is kind of that emergency starter, but I don't know if there's much beyond that for them. And, like, if we're just doing real talk here, Minnesota is a disaster. Minnesota has no reason for being in first. Uh, They have a full rotation on the disabled list right now. A full rotation on the disabled list. They're down to, like, their starters 6 through 10. Not quite, because, you know, Sonny Gray would have been in that initial grouping. But... They're down at least, I think, three of the guys who were their rotation to start the year. So you've got that Trevor Larnock, who has been playing quite well for them, former first-round pick. Uh, he's got he's going to be out six weeks. Uh, Royce Lewis, the top, pro, you know, former number one overall pick, is done for the year, I believe, after his knee injury. Like they've had a lot of big injuries, and then their pitching coach is leaving them. Like this is his last series, I want to say. Uh, their pitching coach. In, you know, the craziest LSU last year tried to get their pitching coach and he declined. And this year he's going back because it's a shorter schedule and with incentives, he can make up to $730,000 as the twins pitching coach. It's 400,000. So he gets almost double. Now, again, it's not going to always get there, but he has a chance to make double the money with less of the time. Uh, And he's got to leave now because he's got to go hit the recruiting trail. So. Yeah, uh, he the Twins are losing their pitching coach in the middle of this season, if you didn't know that. They've got an entire rotation on the extended disabled list, and they have dropped you know two of their biggest prospects to massive injuries. Yet they're still in first, so that's just kudos to that team, to that management, to everyone there. So when I say like they're a disaster, you know, it's a lot of credit to the people in place there that are allowing them to continue to succeed. So is it Josh Winder, right? I, you know, like I said, early in the year, I, yes. I was like, he is outperforming Joe Ryan. And this was another great performance by him. Six innings, four hits, one walk, one strikeout. He had some health issues, but he has been awesome for them when, like, you know, their entire bullpen. But he has been awesome when healthy. Uh, you know, they went to Duffy and Moran, and those guys completely shut out the Guardians. I'm going to pause it since I'm talking weird. Give me one second. Started streaming in the middle of it for no reason there. That was an accident. I'm of an age, when I saw Moran, I immediately thought of, like, Colin and Brian. But uh, Giovanni Moran was great in this one for the Twins. Two innings, two strikeouts, didn't allow a base runner. Uh, Tyler Duffy, I believe, came in with the one hit and the strikeout. Yeah, they, you know, their 
pitching was just utterly amazing. The Guardians didn't get a walk until I think it was the ninth when Stephen Kwan worked that walk. Was that I was trying to remember? That's when he held up and they had a what? I'm trying to remember if that's. I feel like they got base runners going right. I was sitting there watching this occur. Was it maybe in the eighth where the uh, the walk and maybe the hit? No, the hit batter happened earlier in the game. I feel like they had two guys on at some point in time. Must have been, was that, and then, you know, this is what everyone wants. Someone sitting there and vacillating about what happened in the ninth inning or the eighth inning. Either way, I remember when the one walk occurred because I was sitting there watching this game going, they don't have a single walk even in this one. The other team has five walks. The Guardians have five base runners. So 13 hits, five walks, <laughs> 18 opportunities. Uh, it's weird that they didn't have an error because it feels like every game they've been making an error. 18 opportunities and they got six runs. That's right. You know, every three opportunities leading to about three runs. Guardians had five hits, one walk, and the hit batter said seven opportunities. That should be, you know, close to two runs. They had nothing. Uh, they did have two extra base hits with Oscar Gonzalez having a pair of doubles and Jose Ramirez having a double. So actually three extra base hits. Uh, Oscar Gonzalez is the only one who reached twice in this game. And, you know, that's just the truth of it. So Oscar Gonzalez, you get one of the stars. Trevor Seffen, for not giving up a, uh, a run, gets one, not allowing a base runner specifically, gets one. And then Anthony Ghost, I'm, I, well, no. <laughs> I mean, it's like I debate him, even though he gave up two hits, it's not ideal. But, hey, he didn't give up a run. It's like, who, who do you give it to? I, I mean, I guess otherwise you have to Jose in this one yeah it's just this was a not fun game to watch like the they just struggled so much offensively they got attacked the guardians pitching it was like the indians are up to bat it's five minutes the other team's up to bat 15 minutes later it was it was not an ideal situation and you know it just continues to be you know it's nice seeing richie palacios play more i'm not mad about ernie clement playing in a double header if you came here expecting that righteous indignation uh, stop uh i guess we didn't even bother to ca- cover the sandy leon deal we'll talk about that in segment three i'll explain why it's like again not a reason to get mad why it makes sense and why they did it we'll also talk about again the pitching factory that i didn't expect when i was digging into numbers trying to find a cost controllable pitcher that would make sense for the cleveland guardians we, our first sponsor, or our second sponsor, as it were, is our good friends over at rockauto.com. I've talked about it many times. I cost myself 50 bucks by not going to Rock Auto. It's super easy to navigate. It's an easy way to save money. And if you're like me and you're not the most car-savvy person, it's very easy to be like, okay, this is their top seller. And then, I mean, again, YouTube is your friend. You can go easily change your filters, and they often have rebates for those to save even more, as well as, like, windshield wipers. It doesn't have to necessarily be like, I rebuilt my engine. No, I can never hope to do that. But for the small things for your car, you'll save a lot of money if you go to rockauto.com. And remember that when you do go to rockauto.com because you want to go there to save money, uh, you're going to tell them, the, how'd you hear about us, Box? You're going to type locked on, some form of locked on to let them know that their advertising money was well spent. Rockauto.com, you'll save money. Blue Nile, if you want an original piece, you want to go to bluenile.com. You don't. If you're going to spend the money on jewelry, we all know jewelry is expensive. Let's just let's put it on Front Street. Jewelry is an expensive commitment purchase. You don't want to buy something cookie cutter. You don't want to buy something that looks like everything else. Blue Nile is going to give you something original, interesting, that stands out, that makes a statement. 
And Blue Nile has simple online tools that allow you to choose the diamond shape, size, clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft the perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. Or you can get fine jewelry, engagement, fine jewelry, whatever type of jewelry you need. You will find it at BlueNile.com. And right now, make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Sports listeners. Get $50 off purchases of 500 or more. This podcast ex- exclusive, I have a hard time saying exclusive, includes engagement. I think it's because exclusive includes is throwing me off. But this podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use the code Locked On. That's code Locked On. Plus, every order is insured. Ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. So, you know, this game, this one's over. Uh, let's talk about, oh, well, we have some, some a trade. And then we have like an old friend alert that was kind of a funny timing on the old friend alert. So Sandy Leon, why did they go and trade for him? Well, they know him. He knows the staff. And... I'm going to be curious to see um, if Kabad is claimed by anyone. He was up to 97. That's a new high for him. The Guardians saw something they liked to sign him to the to a minor league contract, and then they went ahead and you know he got an opportunity. And I think there's I think he gets claimed. Much like I thought Mercado, I'm not as sold that he gets claimed, but I think there's a decent chance because teams always need relief arms, and he had a velocity jump, but. They needed a catcher, um, and I know a lot of people are like it's only seven days. Concussions are weird. Hedges is out with a concussion. It could be seven days. It could be like five weeks. You never quite know with a concussion. This gives them a vet arm. And if you're like how my initial reaction, why not call it Bo Naylor? Remember what I talked about on yesterday's show? He's struggling a bit right now in AAA. And the number of times I've seen a guy have a great first half and then completely implode in the second half is high. Like in a minor league season, this is still the small sample size part of the year. You want to see someone put together a full year. So we're still waiting to kind of see on that. Plus, adding him now, um, you know, he doesn't have to be added right now. He needs to be added at the end of the season, but he doesn't need to be added now. They could add him. I'm not saying they won't, and it's not a situation. But I think right now they are keeping that extra spot open to make it easy when, uh, I believe, you know, Krinchok has to be activated on Friday. doesn't have to be promoted, but he needs to be added back to the 40-man roster. He has options. He can be left in AAA. But with the way, because they're not going to get rid of Shaw. Let's just be honest about that. doesn't matter what happens. Shaw is here to stay. I know he has been terrible, but he is here. That extra spot, um, that that could be you know up for debate if that ends up turning into Karinchak or not. But Leon is a, what he is, is he's a guy who can come in, be a solid defender, frame well, and then they have no compunction about cutting the minute uh, Hedges is healthy. That's that's all this is. So don't get too upset. It's just a temporary thing, but just goes on to show how bad catching in system is. Like maybe if Mike Rivera hadn't retired on them, he would have been the call up just because they want someone who can play defense. Uh, and there's just nothing there. It's a lot of players have just struggled so badly or, you know, David Fry, I think caught his first game in Columbus and Gavin Collins is up there, former catcher. He's not playing first base. And the guy's like, you know, Michael Tinsley and some of those like day three picks, they don't Lucas Simeon, uh, though I think he was quickly moved off catcher, but it's like they've taken a lot of catchers and they don't even move up to the upper minors. It's uh, that's what, you know, my my prediction catching wise, I know I, you know, Logan Tanner is a potential guy I've talked about a lot in the show because of his defensive skills. But Cade Hunter is another name to know. And I do think I, I wouldn't be shocked again if they draft multiple catchers in the first two uh, days of this year's MLB draft because it's a super deep group. 
and it is just an organizational weakness. There is, I mean, after Bo Naylor and Lavastida, and it's just unfortunate timing, Lavastida got hurt right now, too. That's the other thing with this. But if, you know, beyond them, who, who's, who do you, it's, it's rough. It, there isn't, it, it's a lot of, you know, up and down types. I don't know if there's another prospect below, like, Arizona. Like a guy that you're like, okay, that's that's a catching prospect in this system. And everyone keeps the Reds aren't t- trading Tyler Stevenson. Just stop, people. They're not. That's not going to happen. Sorry. Um, the other one, Connor Capel got caught up by St. Louis like the day or maybe the day after Oscar Mercado was claimed. Now, for those who don't remember, Connor Capel was arguably the biggest piece. I mean, there was two solid prospects in that trade for Oscar Mercado. Uh, Capel plays all three outfield spots, and Capel taught me a very, you know, son of Mike Capel, former uh, pitcher, but it taught me a very important lesson. When a team goes against their draft type, like I kind of thought, like, so I can go back to, I was at a a Kent State game, and I talked about this when we, uh, the crossover with the Rockies, and I talked about what the Rockies scout was doing. I was talking to another scout, and, you know, he's like, what about Capel and Trammell? Those are two guys I like after he and I both had agreed that Brian Robinson uh, didn't have a good enough glove for center and couldn't hit enough for a corner. You know, we don't get them all right. But I was like, you know, I like them. They're interesting. But I was off of Capel a bit just because he was so older. He was an older prospect. And again, it's always funny that I rag on those guys because if I had been good enough to be drafted out of high school, I would have been an older prospect. Uh, but here was a guy that the Guardians liked enough to go against type. And that stands out. And that's, you know, some, when they go against their, all of their models, then you should probably pay attention. And he was part of that Will Benson, Nolan Jones draft class. And when they started in low A, he started in high A. They were very aggressive with him. And he actually performed really well and was young relative to the level uh, because of where he was. And then, you know, he got a little bit bogged down there. So it's just great to see him make it to the big leagues. But I, I had to comment on that. Uh, now, so what's this pitching factory I mentioned? It, it Surprisingly, like I was going through that list of like, who are the guys who are just missing bats who are the guys looking at k-rate looking at fip looking at uh war and it's the pittsburgh pirates (laughs) like i didn't so we all know like david bedard is the top reliever who could be acquired right now like he is an amazing like i would love to get him but you know if you listen to the show for a long time you know i've been trying to like talk up jt brubaker pretty much since 2020 I've been intrigued by him, and yes, there is part of me that, you know, yeah, I saw him in person. Uh, I grew up on the Akron, University of Akron campus. My father is in the, the Alumni Hall of Fame there. My, yeah, my, did they say father? I meant to say my grandfather's in the Alumni Hall of Fame. I have a soft spot for Akron. I'll just be very honest. But he is also 0.9 war this year, FIP of 409, a K rate over 9, a walk rate of 367. You know, you want to see that come down a bit, but there's not a lot of guys with K rates over 9 just in baseball among starters. He's a solid starter. If you want to go and look at, they still have Cleveland's open over here. Um, Just Cleveland. Of course, I have too many tabs open and now I can't get to it, but like how many Cleveland pitchers have a war over 0.9? Like just who is better than JT Brubaker this year just in that? You know, catch-all win category. Emmanuel Classe and Shane Bieber. That's it. Next highest starter is Quantrell at a point seven. Point eight is actually Eli Morgan. So it's like he would be an improvement. 
So, and if you think I'm ending there about, okay, so there's Brubaker. How about the fact that Jose Quintana has had, like, a nice rebound season for them as well? How about the fact that Will Crow, who the Guardians drafted twice, not once, but twice, they drafted him out of high school and drafted him as a draft-eligible sophomore in day three. Hard hit percentage. Now, he's only had about 41 innings, but 100th percentile. Average exit velocity, 94th. Barrel percentage, 96th. K percentage, 61st. Whiff, 72. Chase, 64. Fastball spin, 79. Fastball velocity, 63. All red. Deep, deep red for him. And again, he's a he's a big guy who didn't necessarily put it all together in uh, for a long time, but he's performing well for them. And again, it's a small sample size, but it stands out. He is out there. Mitch Keller took him a while. Whatever they did in Pittsburgh over the last two, three years, it is noticeable, and it is showing up right here in terms of who is performing uh, well for them. Jose Quintana has been worth 1.1 war, 3.6 ERA, uh, 372 FIP, walks per nine under three, and a 7.84 K per nine. Cleveland should talk about Quintana, by the way, uh, amongst qualified starters in terms of K rate, Carlos Carrasco 21st. Just put that put that out there, but... Pittsburgh is building something here. This is an interesting pitching staff, and I know people talk about you know the whole Clay Holmes of it all and how much that's worked out. Will Crow, as I believe that's part of the Josh Bell return, he's doing some amazing things right now. And then we talked about Brubaker has been solid, and Quintana has been solid, and they've got really interesting young arms coming up. Uh, 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 Contreras, who I believe came over in that Holmes deal, has been you know a nice piece. They're starting to put things together. Good there's good coaching occurring like to me that is what i see with some of these breakouts but they have value this is a team to consider talking to because again we know pittsburgh is not going anywhere this year like i mean does anyone think that they're not going to be willing to talk trade on players they they've it's been rough for them you know they have a lot of they're starting to call up some of the young guys but go through that pitching staff and there's some players performing well and it makes you think that that's a team to talk to um, because for all the pieces they have in place. Well, that's not the right way to put this. They have so many infielders as well. For all the pieces they have in place and all the infielders they have, you know, Ben Charrington is never going to not want more infielders. And, yeah, I still... They can just keep adding. They can keep getting uh, more and more prospects. And what could make them a monster in a few years is just all the talent and keep adding more waves. But trading away someone like you know, Will Crow, who he's arbitration eligible in two years. He's only got a year of service time, even though he's 27, because it took him a bit of time. Again, you know, uh, he's mostly worked as a reliever, too. Let's, let's talk about that. But, I mean, everyone focuses on what... what Bednard is done as a reliever it's like Will Crow as a reliever has been you can't say as good but has been nearly as good like if you don't want to pay the cost for Bednard Bedard I should say I keep saying his name wrong for Bedard talk about Will Crow and again the Guardians liked him enough that they drafted him twice go uh you know talk about JT Brubaker as a starter see if Mitch Keller is on the block talk about Jose Quintana these are interesting players. And another name I just want to throw out there in terms of starting pitching when I was looking at K-rate data, who's on a very, you know, relatively affordable contract is German, uh, German Marquez with Colorado. 
Now it is 15.3 next year, and then I think 16 million is a team option. But you're getting two and a half years of control. This year is under 10 million. And what's interesting with him is, of course, the home and away splits, because his home run rate is literally two higher. So it's not fully two, but two four four versus 0.5 on the road. What's also interesting is his walk rate jumps on the road or uh, at home. Nope, that's not right. His walk rate jumps on the road. He walks almost twice as many guys on the road, gives up almost, what, like five times as many home runs at home. Uh, He also misses more bats at home. So I don't know what to make of him. The FIP on the road, though, is 396. It's respectable. He's a solid starter type with multiple years of control who can miss some bats and might just do better in general away from Colorado. And then again, we have to come back and talk about Pablo Lopez because he continues to play well. He continues to have like the walk rate and the K rate, and you have all that control. You're getting the two and a half years, much like with Mar- Marquez, which with Molly, it's only a year and a half. With Montas, it's only a year and a half. And again, I think it comes down to like, how much do you buy Will Brennan right now? Honestly, that that's what this comes down to. Because Will Brennan, I don't think he can be a trade centerpiece. I just don't think he's you know well-known enough out there. But based on what Stephen Kwan has done, he can be. And he might have more value as a trade piece because he can play center field. And again, Stephen Kwan for Pablo Lopez. Now, again, the Guardians would have to include a little bit more. I think that has legs. Are you willing to make that trade? I, Kwan made so many fans out of the gate. And again, I'm conflicted. Pitching's hard to come by. Uh, right now, it's like, and if you add a starter, who do you take out? Because at the same time, can I go out and tell you something ridiculous? If I am looking at Aaron Savale, I my baseball uh, savant data over here, and I was just looking at fastball spin percentiles, I was looking at a lot of things. But if I go click on, okay, why is it not loading for me? Well, instead, the whole page got flipped around. Nope, I don't want the slowest fastball spin. That's Michael Pineda and Wyatt Mills, recently acquired by... Uh, this is annoying. So let's try... I'm going to refresh. I don't know. It was fine. And then apparently I like flipped around to other tabs and it decided to fall apart on me. Uh, would you be shocked to hear that Zavale's fastball and I think it's his curveball are both like high 90s, dark red percentile ranks in terms of spin rate? that for all of his struggles this year, that the data on his pitches is actually really good. I, I was a little bit surprised when I saw that. Maybe other people disagree with me, and you, you already knew that. But, I mean, for his, you would think for a guy who's seeing a, a jump in his spin rate, which we know leads to you know a, fat, a ball getting there quicker and being harder to pick up, you expect him to be, uh, to be better than he is. It's like everything on him is... Darkish blue, except for fastball spin at 95th percentile and curveball spin at 95th percentile. What? Uh, you know, walk rate 63, as is Chase, so those have a little bit of red, but a lot of dark blue. Fastball velocity, 4th percentile. So, you know, he makes up for that with the spin, but it's like I, I did not expect to see that. And here's the thing. I'm running long, as I do, but... If you go out and trade for a Pablo Lopez, if you go out and trade for a JT Brubaker, and you trade like three to four prospects, you do some of that cleaning up of your roster that you need to do um, in such a deal. What about 
until you, you know, you someone gets hurt because someone inevitably will. What about seeing what Savali can do out of the pen? Uh, you know, I've taken a lot of credit for saying I have been since day one the guy who said make Eli Morgan a reliever and then push him forward. The other guy I said that about from day one on draft day was Aaron Savale. I said, make him a reliever, let those two pitches play up, and especially because his fastball velocity has always been poor. <clears throat> what if instead of, you know, paying out the nose for Bedard or paying for, you know, a slightly less out the nose for Will Crow, what happens if you might have someone who is them? You know, most great relievers were starters at some point. Class A is an exception. But what if for Savale, who has you know, struggled with health, who has struggled this year with consistency, what if I'm right? What if you put him in the pen and he's actually Morgan-like? Just an idea to consider. Thank you for listening to the Lockdown Guardians. <clears throat> My voice is falling apart. It's it's late, not that late, but it's latest here. Uh, remember to rate and review, download daily. It helps. You know, I'm I'm pushing the YouTube subscribers. I'm, I'm even going out there on my like personal account and, uh, and talking about it. But you know, we are up to 325 subscribers. I well, think everyone like who guardian. joins in, and uh, I I always respond to all the comments. That is my promise. 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 So uh, again, thank you for listening. Remember to rate and review, download daily. All that stuff helps the show go if you want to see me stay here as host the best thing you can do is subscribe on youtube and then download every day even if you don't play download and delete that helps me so much Uh, and as i end every show now go go guardians go